Hurry, Voss snapped. Roni got to his feet, combed the straw out of his hair with his fingers, and stumbled away from the middle of the room. He stood with Voss and Blotches while Stubble pulled the rope that lowered the stairway down from the ceiling. The musty smell of Grabba's loft came down with it. Voss went upstairs. The others followed her. Roni came last. There were birds everywhere in Grabba's loft. Most were pigeons, gray and mangy. Some were chickens. A few larger, stranger birds perched in dark corners, watchful. Graba perched on a stool near the iron stove, her legs hidden underneath the bulk of her gray skirts. Four grandchildren, she said. Today I have four of you, enough for what I have in mind now. The word grandmother did not mean mother's mother or father's mother to Roni or to the various other children who sometimes lived in Grappa's shack. Neither mothers nor fathers were part of this household, and the word grandmother simply meant Grappa. The four children lined up in front of the stool, waiting. Two chickens pecked at the floorboards nearby, looking for seeds. I'll need eggs carried to Haggett's market stall, said Grappa. She pointed to stubble and blotches, but she did not say their names. She probably did not know their names. He'll be at the north side market today. Trade the eggs for feed grain. The best you can feed you can find. Bring it back to me. Will you do that now? Yes, Grubba. Stubble picked up a wooden crate filled with straw and eggs. All four siblings turned to go. Don't be going yet, Grubba said. She took a small leather bag from around her neck and held it out to Voss. Hang this over the chains on the clock tower door. Sing the charm I was teaching you last night, and stand back when you do. Take care with this now. It is a present of welcoming home, and it's almost ripe. Foss took the bag carefully. What's in it? she asked. A bird skull, stuffed with other things. Do this well, and I might be teaching you the making of it. Yes, Graba, said Voss. Go, Graba said. All of you but the runt, the smallest one. Roni should wait here with me. Roni waited. He wondered why Graba knew his name. She knew the names of those she kept an eye on, and it was not always a good thing to have Graba's eye on you. He listened to Voss, Stubble, and Blotches clamber down the stairs. Yes, Graba? Roni asked. My leg bones have run down, she told him. Wind them for me now. She extended a gearwork leg from under her stool. It was bird-shaped, with three long talon toes in front and one in back, at the heel. The whole limb had been made out of copper and wood. Roni pried the crank out from her shin and wound it up, watching gears turn against chains and springs inside. Grappa always said that Mr. Scrud, the local gear worker, hadn't enough skill to make legs into human shapes. Voss whispered that Grappa needed the chicken legs to hold up her hugeness and that nothing smaller would suffice, and that Grappa wouldn't be able to walk today if she hadn't lost the ordinary legs she'd been born with. Stubble said that Grubba used to be a sailor, or a boat witch, and that she'd lost her legs in a pirate attack, 
He said Graba killed some of the pirates with a look and a laugh and a lock of her hair before they cut off her legs with rusty swords. He always drew out the word rusty when he told the story. Rusty swords, ha! Then he'd hit Roni behind the knee with a stick to buckle him over. Stubble told this story often. Roni had cried the first time, and the rest of Graba's grandchildren had laughed. On the second telling, Roni had glared up at Stubble from the ground. The third time Stubble told the tale, Roni had fallen backward on purpose, throwing up his hands and imitating Graba's rusty voice. Curse you, pirate king! The story had grown by then, and the ordinary river pirates had become a full barge captained by the king of all pirates. Everybody had laughed.